<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey friend, it's Nicole, host of the Nicole Walters podcast. Here's where we laugh, we cry, and we grant ourselves grace as we do life together. Let's get started. Hey friends, so as you well know, I have very strategic chats whenever we come here today and I only bring like my closest friends in and um, and I know that you have all had so many questions about health and weight management and, you know, where to start and how that feels and you've seen me take my journey. So I brought in the person to talk to. I mean, not just because of her wide range of knowledge, but also because of her approach to taking care of yourself as a whole. And so for that reason, I'm super excited. I have my dear friend Shira Barlow in here. She is the podcast host of Good Instincts. She is the author of The Food Therapist. And I mean, you can find her all over the net. You have to follow her. But right now, let's just get into it. Shira, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so oh. much. So I'm just going to dive right in. Yeah, please do. Okay. Um, the reason why I love you and your approach to all things food is because you talk about being a food therapist, even though you have all the paperwork and degrees and the, all that stuff, too, you know, because that's important also. But tell me more about that concept, that mindset around food. You know, I did go the whole clinical route. Mm -hmm. I did a residency at Mount Sinai and I studied organic chemistry and biochem and all that stuff. And when I was at the hospital and I was finishing up, I really had a very clear idea of how to counsel people in terms of food. Mm -hmm. And then what happened is I would meet with people. I started the, a private practice. I would meet with people. And what I realized is that there was a gap between mm. people's intentions and people's actions. People knew what to do. They knew that they should be eating more thoughtfully, whatever that means at this point, but they weren't actually doing those things on a day-to-day -day basis. And so it became so much more about what those roadblocks were and how to sidestep them. And all of that, it became about food therapy. So I kind of, it was funny because I had all of the food background, but I needed to kind of understand how to help people work through those issues that they didn't in some cases really knew existed. And so that's how it started. Oh, and it's so, that's so, so good because I think that, you know, just to tie it in, not just for me, but for everyone else, how many of us have a profession where we realize people will come in and say, I know what to do, yeah. but you just need to, but it's not working, you know, or I know what to do, but I don't know how to do it exactly. And you're like, 
oh, girl, you don't understand that it's between the ears, you know. So I'll have people come in for business consulting and they're like, well, I've taken all the classes. I've done all the things, but, you know, I just don't know. And I'm like, well, if you know all the answers, then what is the real issue? Do you not believe you can? Because sometimes that's what it is, you know. Completely. And, you know, it's interesting. I think that what I realized is that so many people think that it comes down to them just not having the ability. They were like, oh, I just don't have willpower. I just can't do it. But in reality, it's so much more complicated than that. It's kind of like, you know, the pull down of that old Facebook relationship status. Like, <laughs> yes, it's, complicated. it's complicated. It is a little complicated yes, it because food is so much more than just fuel. Mm. And I think kind of looking into that relationship a bit more and it is a relationship with food and figuring out what your personal roadblocks and knowing that like those may always exist. It's just about kind of knowing and we talked about this offline a little bit, having that self-knowledge to know what your personal roadblocks are so that you can have a roadmap to to working around them. That's so good. I think that what I personally love about your work and the way you approach it is that there's this element and we talk about this on the podcast all the time of sort of grace and kindness Mm. towards self you know you really are big on this relationship being sort of rewritten as a positive one versus beating yourself up on this journey towards whatever health goal you may have or health outcome you need so can you talk to us a little bit about that what have you seen that, you know, some of us may be like, ding, 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 that's me too, yeah. you know, at, in the way that we talk to ourselves about food in relation to our bodies. Completely. I think so many people worry that if we are too kind to ourselves, we won't get anywhere. That being kind of that drill sergeant, super mean, super harsh, speaking to ourselves that way, that's going to be the thing that gets us there. But the problem is, is that feelings of shame and inadequacy actually drive cortisol, the stress hormone. And then in some cases, like for instance, a lot of people will do this thing called eat, repent, repeat. Ooh, 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 ooh. I want to make sure I'm absorbing this. So eat, repent, repeat. So say you'll eat something and and let's say you were stressed and busy and it wasn't really actually something you really necessarily wanted. Maybe you went a little overboard with it. Mm-hmm. Me at sprinkles in like five minutes eating four cupcakes. Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now in theory, if what you did was, whew, mm-hmm. whoa, I didn't intend to eat that much. What's going on for me right now? Well, mm. I didn't eat a great lunch. I went into this meeting. Now I'm here. I'm feeling so stressed about X, Y, and Z with kids and school and home. So how can I sidestep in the future? And in some cases, it's a matter of self-regulation in ways that you can kind of slow the nervous system, pay more attention to what you're eating while you're eating. And in some cases, it's how do you bypass willpower altogether in order to make a decision ahead of time? Like, you know what? I know I'm heading into this thing and that thing. I think I'm going to like bring like the like pistachios or something yeah not like there's a a brand called who with Mm -hmm. chocolate that's like you know like non-refined sugar whatever it's like my whatever yeah treat of choice whatever having that in your bag and be like you know what i know that i'm gonna want something so why don't i have this but then i at least i know it's this and then i'm not but so the problem is we don't kind of do that like ooh, huh like in a really non-judgmental way, what was going on for me in that moment? How do I We don't of... even know how to do that. Exactly. Like, you, and this is the therapy portion of it, you know, of the approach towards food. So for those of... I talk about therapy all the time. Yeah. Here. For those of y'all who are in therapy or considering therapy, this is actually really in alignment with therapy. It's not that you're going in there to find out what's wrong with you and how to fix it. It's a lot of it is learning what your triggers, triggers are. You know, exactly. learning how they show up. Because if you can at least understand what your triggers are, because... 
y'all, if you're in a, in a marriage, sometimes your triggers your spouse. And so you got to get rid of that trigger. You know, like we can't always fix and right. figure out what it is, but we can Completely. build around it. You know? Completely. And I think, you know, so to go back to it, I think that a lot of people, the eat, repent, repeat cycle. What we don't do is that where we're mm-hmm. like, ooh, we look at it like in a really non-judgmental way, like wonder what was going on. How do I kind of sidestep in that future? No, instead, we're like, why did you do that? I'm so mad at so myself. So we do that reflective process, but we're mean about it. We're mean it. about it. And wow. then those feelings of like shame and inadequacy and the whole thing spike cortisol spike stress and then we end up being kind of like why even bother yeah now like it's all it. i'm gonna do it again F- mm-hmm, F- it exactly mm-hmm. it doesn't even matter and now i may as well just like go off the deep end yeah so eat repent repeat is Been that cycle there. i think everyone can relate mm-hmm. to that because it's like we all do it and so i think again we worry that if we're too self-compassionate we won't get anywhere but it's really quite the opposite and that i've seen so that valuable. again and again and again Friend, I am obsessed with this new lip gloss that I got from Sephora. You saw me talking about it on social media. It is everything. It is summertime. I'm telling you right now, it's like I'm keeping my makeup to a bare minimum and I'm also keeping it super clean. I mean, going to Sephora is amazing because they have a huge variety of clean makeup brands and products. And what I love about that is they're not going to have weird ingredients in them. They're going to be good for my skin and simple to use. And more than anything with Sephora, I'm able to see clearly what the ingredients are, the brand name, the benefits, the ingredients, all of those things are available as long as you look for that label at Sephora that says that the products are clean. It's called their clean seal. And I got to tell you, it's just been amazing because the new lip gloss I have, it stays on. It's not sticky. I mean, all the deets are over on social. We'll chat about it there. But I got to tell you, Sephora is revolutionizing my summer shopping because I can walk right in, look for the clean seal to know which products are clean, pick up what I'm looking for because I already feel confident about the benefits, the ingredients, and that it's going to do exactly what I need it to do. So if you are looking for your perfect clean makeup products, you know you can head to Sephora. Learn more by visiting sephora.com clean. You can learn more about Sephora and clean products by visiting sephora.com clean. Relationships are hard, and that's why I'm here. Hey, friend, it's Cami Crawford. Think of me as your big sister slash audible BFF that you can always trust to give you the real tea. This is my show, Relationship, the advice podcast that covers all relationship topics, the good, the bad, and the straight up shitty. Need advice? Send your story to hello at relationshippod.com or DM me at relationship on IG and tune in for new episodes every Friday. Be sure to follow us and subscribe so you don't miss all the hot goss. And if you're loving the show, please leave us a review. Talk soon, bestie. It's so valuable. I know that I've shared a little bit about my journey on here before and you know, the way that I've been able to sustain, you know, in a lot of my losses, one, I did everything my doctor told me, right? So monitoring the right numbers, engaging in the right experts, you know, and again, I say this on every platform, whenever I do, it was a privilege financially to be able to do that, you know, and I don't, I don't miss that. But the mindset work is something that I've had to continue to do. And it's true. I mean, during the pandemic, I remember at the top, 
top of the pandemic saying to myself, girl, you actually have the time to like work out every day. You have all the resources. You have a Peloton, like girl, get to it. And then I finally said to myself, there are too many things going on right now. Mm. You will gain weight in this season and that's okay. If you need to feel comfortable having some fudge today, because that is the comfort item that is available to you in this home and you can't travel, then yeah. eat your fudge girl. You know, I remember you when you and I connected in mm-hmm. Austin originally, I remember you telling me about this and I thought it was really beautiful because I talk about it with my clients all the time where, you know, especially I see it a lot when people are going on vacation or people are about to have Thanksgiving or something like that. I always am like, you can play it a bunch of different ways as long as you're being honest about mm-hmm. it. So what I don't want and a lot of people do are what we call it's loopholes and moral licensing. Ooh, let's talk. about. And these are all therapy terms, y'all. Exactly. None of this stuff is food stuff. We're not talking about intermittent fasting and keto, yeah, which yeah. is what everyone's always looking for. Right. What is the secret recipe? No, we're talking about things that are all you all the time. Yep. Here, if you're doing loopholes and, you know, all these sorts of moral bargaining and whatever, you're likely doing them in your relationships, too. Ooh, so that's a good this point. is like really, really good. So unpack how this relates. To so this is what I'm talking about when it comes to loopholes and moral licensing. It's like it doesn't count as the summer. It doesn't count as the weekend or I really deserve this. I've been so good or I've been so good. I deserve to be bad. What I'm not villainizing is that you deserve pleasure. You deserve a treat. Mm -hmm. Like what the issue is, is when we attach ethics to it, because then you're outside of reality. It's like, girl, everything counts. It's Mm -hmm. just I want people to indulge consciously. Yes. So if you want to really not think about anything over Thanksgiving or whatever, you may come back from Thanksgiving feeling a little different than you Mm -hmm. do now. And if you're okay with that. I'm okay with that. And we'll yep. just get back to it in January or That's whatever. Right. But I think that when people do it in this way of like, oh, I can do this. It doesn't count. It's like everything counts. Everything and that's counts. why I come from this place in my practice where like we're grownups. Everything is available to us. Not everything could be worth it if like this is your goal, depending mm-hmm. on your goal. But I think it's really healthy when someone's like it. Talk about seasonality Mm -hmm. in this season that I'm in right now. I can't make this a priority. This is what I've got. Then you Mm -hmm. don't feel like a failure when you actually gain or are 10 steps behind where you were. Sometimes you feel like a success. Post pandemic, I was like, I only gained 22 pounds. Good job, because somewhere in there, you must have exercised an amount of awareness around your fudge consumption (laughs) that you did not intend to. Because I gave myself a free pass. I was like, you know, this is the thing I'm not going to worry about because I have. we're trying to stay alive. You are not going to sit here and worry about fudge, girl. You know, eat your fudge and keep it pushing. And so when I came out of it, I was like, oh that bad Nicole so you know what you got to do yeah. get back to it you know yeah I think that the reality is is it was incredibly honest mm-hmm. and I think that when we indulge from a place of not being in reality and then our gap between what we want and what we're doing day to day gets farther and farther away from mm. us we feel it's like scary and then we feel like oh i don't have i don't have willpower i don't have it in me well, it's and, like and no Satan you know like you just absolutes. weren't that exactly yeah. you weren't that motivated it's different and i and i talk about that a lot in my practice because people will be like oh i'm feeling so lazy and whatever i'm like were you being lazier or was this just not able to be a priority yeah, girl, right now were you now? just tired which right. is allowed exactly. you know nothing's and i think that what i love about the language you're calling out that i am constantly trying to reprogram reprogramming myself is these absolutes of 
I don't have willpower. Yes. I am lazy. Yes. I who is telling you you are these things? Aren't we all lazy sometimes? You yeah. know, aren't we? And I'm laziest when I am tired after working very hard. So lazy is not bad. Yeah. It is an appropriate response to the amount of work I put in. Good job being lazy, you know. Right. But saying things like I'm lazy or I don't have willpower is bananas because now you're you're telling yourself you're this thing that prevents you from actually being what you really are, you know? Totally. And the interesting thing about willpower, which is now kind of a dirty word. It at is, this yeah, point. sure. In the industry, <laughs> in yeah, the industry. in the world, yeah. But uh, the interesting thing about it is that there's all this research that showed, people used to think it was a personality trait. Some people had yeah. willpower and some people didn't. But what we know now is that it is a limited resource and we pull from it from all different things, not just food things. We pull from it for, I'll give you an example from my own life, not yelling at your child when they're being crazy, not honking at people on the road yes, when they're girl. like, whatever, paying your taxes, doing all the things that are like adult things that you have to do mm -hmm. that you don't really want to do. You're foregoing like what you actually want to go for what you kind of have to go do. Mm -hmm, that's and good. so I think anytime you're doing that, you're pulling from that same willpower well. Bank. Yep. And mm -hmm. that's why at the end of the day after you put your kids to sleep and you did all your work and all your emails it's kind of hard not to raid the pantry mm. and so I think that then people think that they don't have willpower when in reality they're just all out of willpower That's and there so are ways good. to combat that like you can come at it a couple different ways but just being honest and being like oh wow changing that self thought of being like oh I am this I am this it's like no you're you're tired and you're stressed right. there are ways around that you can get out of that but but that's first right. things first, don't like be unkind. In yeah, that way. that's so good. Because I mean, even when you were saying that, I was thinking about how you I mean, you even see the memes about how top of the day I'm eating my salad. Yeah. I'm working out. I'm doing yeah. all my things. By end of the day, I'm eating a half a piece of cake and, uh, you yeah. know, all these things. That and willpower. Well, it was just dry. empty. And the idea that it's like, oh, I, I have willpower. I just ran out by the end of the day because I used it all on important things. Exactly. Is really, really powerful. And obviously, like for anyone that's listening, it's kind of like. I'm sure there are people like, oh, my God, that's me, too. Mm -hmm. I feel like that. There are a couple ways around that. And I really focus on two. Mm -hmm. The first is, you know, we talk a ton about mindfulness, which right. it's kind of an eye roll at this moment because mm -hmm. it's like we know we have to be more mindful mm -hmm. how do we do that without moving to an ashram for right, like right. you know six months right which I means we're moving everything else how do I be more mindful well without getting rid of my kids getting rid of my exactly. bills getting yeah. rid of my house you know exactly so a part of it is how do you pay attention to what you're eating while you're eating mm. well one really easy way to do that is to eat with your non-dominant hand it kind of I've heard these little things like eat with chopsticks yeah, or eat with yeah, your non-dominant yeah. hand. Are these like real things? Oh, yeah, of course it is because it's like uh, you know when you're driving along a long road mm -hmm. and you're kind of like cruise control it and then you're kind of like maybe a little tired, maybe a little distracted whatever and all of a sudden that like do you need coffee light comes on and you're kind of like mm -hmm. boom. Yeah. It perks you right up. What happens is we all go through these phases where we're kind of auto Autopiloting, Auto, autopiloting, yeah, mm -hmm. and so it kind of helps us pay anything you can do to pay more attention to eating while you're eating. Another thing that I talk about a lot is I think a lot of people it's like eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full. That's really good advice, but what if you're not really sure? Yeah, and I think a lot of people aren't. And or so, if it's really good, we might. I listen, I'm guys. I literally have a guy who's like. I am announcing that I am full. This is so good. I will continue to sure. eat. Sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean? yeah. So, but yes. And there are those moments where you're consciously right, kind of right. in that same Pushing way. That limit. But I think a lot of people, you know, like I think a lot of people know what it feels like to be hungry mm -hmm. and people know what it 
feels like to be like overly stuffed yes. in a non-judgmental way. But yeah, if you can access that and be like, ooh, when was the last time I was like overly stuffed and it didn't feel great again mm. in a non-judgmental way? When was the last time like, you know, at breakfast, maybe like before breakfast, you're really hungry. But I think a lot of people don't know what it means to feel like 25, like check in at 25 percent. What does That's it mean good. to be like 50 percent yeah. and 75 percent? just to get back into understanding what those hunger cues are. So that's one piece of the puzzle that can bypass the need for willpower, which is just engaging the prefrontal cortex, which is the part of the brain that's the most evolved part of the brain. It's the decider, Mm -hmm. but it's also the part of the brain that is most affected by stress and distractions and all of that. The other thing that you can do to bypass willpower altogether is make some decisions ahead of time so you don't even need to rely on willpower. So, Oh, I love that. Like lighten your mental load. Lighten your mental load in the same way that I think very successful people like kind of have a uniform you and I have talked about this talked about uniforms I'm like I need like five things in my closet that I know look good so I can just get up and exactly go. you're mm-hmm. not thinking about it so it's like I don't love the idea of meal prep because it's kind of like I don't know necessarily what I want to eat for well, addiction. and it also can feel like another thing I'm gonna fail at if I oh, don't yeah, do well which point. is not a good feeling right mm-hmm. I'm very into this idea of meal assembly so it's like mm-hmm. do you have like to me I'll like poach some chicken that's thighs. what we do in our house we just call it like top of the week leftover prep there so you go. it's like yesterday I made chili chicken stir fry um a thing of rice okay so you're already potatoes. crushing meal prep so i don't whatever. even count that i didn't know that was i thought meal prep was the pretty bowls and the oh no you know no, divided it's... up portions or whatever oh no i mean you're crushing it because no you're making things ahead of time i mm-hmm. think for me it could also just be like even just like chopping some things up like oh, having sure. some things like parboiled having some things poached so That's that you good. could like throw together assemble, and not so you don't assemble. Have to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So make some decisions ahead of time. So if we're just talking about willpower and how I think a lot of people worry that they don't have it, everyone has it. You just might be like tapped out. This alone literally throw money at you. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm over here like when I tell you the idea of being tapped, because there's so many overlaps, especially as driven, hardworking women and mamas the overlap of this in areas of our life. Yeah. I mean, when you end the, the, the day and it's like, look, I'm putting my kid to sleep and bath time is just stressing me yeah. out and I snapped. You're not a bad mother. Yeah. You're out of your willpower that yeah. typically would keep you from exactly. snapping. Like there's so many places where I think we are inclined to beat ourselves up because we want to be our best yeah. without realizing that we may be coming from this well of, you know, energy and yeah. we're just we're all out. Yeah. We're all out. Y'all, it is the summer and I can tell you these kids are eating up my whole kitchen life. I'm like, can you eat with your school stomach, please? I know you don't snack that much at school, right? And I am finding myself just feeling the sizzle (laughs) of this summer heat in my pocketbook. And now that things are heating up, I am looking to save wherever I can and not just money, but also save time. And so the savings with the summer of Dash Pass from DoorDash are exactly on point. Now through July 19th, you can save big on your favorite summer essentials or get groceries for your next summer barbecue or these kids right to your door with a Dash Pass membership. 
With Summer of Dash Pass, you'll enjoy $0 on delivery fees and reduced service fees on all eligible orders, making it easier and more affordable than ever to stock up on all your favorite summertime essentials. Summer of Dash Pass is a once a year event that you don't want to miss. Thanks to the chance to get special access to members only events. If you're into sports, music or just great snacks and y'all know I love a snack. So kick back, relax and let Dash Pass help you experience the best of your neighborhood for less. Experience the summer like no other. Best your best summer with a Dash Pass membership from DoorDash today. Sign up for Dash Pass now and you'll get your first month free. Plus, when you use our promo code, get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your next Dash Pass order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter the code Nicole. That's 50% off when you spend $10 or more on your next Dash Pass order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code Nicole. Don't forget code Nicole for 50% off your next order. Subject to change, terms apply. Y'all, as a mom, I'm thinking about a million things. Did I leave the oven on? Did I pack a lunch? Are there crayons in the dryer again? I mean, I have so much on my mind that when it comes time for me to go work out and start moving, which y'all, let's be honest, can be hard enough to get into the gym. The last thing I want to think about is how my workout gear fits on my body. I don't want to think about my girls bouncing around. I don't want to think about things rolling down and rolling up. And if it's that week of the month, I don't want to worry about if I'm going to have an issue with a leak or a spill or anything on. I just want to get in there, do the work and get out. And that's why I'm so grateful that Nike is investing in holistic fitness. They're recognizing that women are multidimensional, you know, and I'm multi-curvatural, okay? I've got a lot going on. And it's important that I feel good in my body. And Nike has performed thousands of body scans on actual women to make sure that our bras are engineered to provide support for the way that we really move. And the thing that I'm really excited about are their new awesome leak protection biker shorts. They're made with an ultra-thin liner, which means you can work out or chill out, not even think if it's that week of the month. I mean, they're actually thinking about how we live when we need to work out. So Nike's come out with these two fabrics. One is called the Infinilock, and it's amazing because it really holds you in so you can go the distance. And Zenvi, which is made with their Infinisoft fabric, provides gentle support that really stays with every twist and turn. All of these things matter because, frankly, I got too many things in my mind. I don't want to think about what my workout gear is going to do when I'm in the gym. So, friends, get over to Nike.com today to discover all the ways that Nike helps you feel your all. you know, thinking of ways that you can kind of reconnect back to yourself mm-hmm. in a way that's not ashrami, mm-hmm. but then also thinking of ways that you can bypass it all together. Like knowing that at the end of the day around bath time, it's really hard. That's also coincidentally the time that children typically start to get like wild, oh, crazy, yeah. oh, for bewitching sure. hour. So knowing like, hey, maybe for like 10 minutes before you get ready for the bath, you're taking like a mental just like you got We're about this. to get in there. It's about mm-hmm. to be a thing. We're going to come in with the best energy we can bring in that moment. Mm-hmm. And it may not be perfect, but like we got this. And then 
afterwards, this is my plan to unwind. I just interviewed someone amazing who is an art educator. And she talked all about like having a creative practice. And I've talked about that then in my practice, which is that I think everyone's looking for a way to like downshift after bedtime, after your yeah, kids' oh, bedtime. For or sure. after, oh, for sure. And to like unwind in this way that's like having busy hands, but not busy hands because you're like cleaning the dishes or picking up toys. It's like focusing on one singular thing in the this moment. This is so... I don't know about y'all, but this is so like I'm having all the light bulbs right Mm. now. Like it's so transformative to me because it is about this sort of twofold of one, you know, building in grace, building in awareness, building in mindfulness, but that bypassing, you know, by shifting that mental load. So I, you know, truth moment, y'all know I keep it all the way real here. I got into like a little sniff snippet. I don't know, a snafu, whatever you want to call it, because it wasn't like a full fledged like disagreement with my with my guy yesterday. But he was like bringing stuff like we hadn't seen each other. He travels for gigs. It was a weekend. I was with the baby all weekend, like all these things. And then he's wanting to like kind of do the download, you know, at the Uh, end of the night when we finally had finished everything. And I'm over here like, can we put on a mindless movie and zone out? You're tapped out. Oh, I'm tapped out. And I got snippy, you know, where it was. He was like, what's the password again for the TV? A tiny thing. Y'all, I am putting myself out here. It was my (laughs) fault. I'm sorry. I was the one. I'm the issue. Taylor Swift said it. I'm the problem. It's me. So (laughs) so just calling out. Right. So he asked what the pin was for the TV. And I was like, "I, I already told you. (laughs) Like, I thought, you know, everything (laughs) like I just totally like I was not nice. Like and I was I mean, I was tired of the mood, like all that. But I felt this morning I was like, I am a terrible girlfriend. I'm Mm. awful. But I realized and of course, I apologize and all that stuff, you know, talk about it, whatever. But I'm one of the things I'm going to bring to the table is this concept Mm. of maybe the end of the day is not the best time for us to do this. We have flexible schedules. Maybe in the morning is when we'll do our agenda debrief. What do we need from each other over oatmeal versus at the end of the day when we're tired and we just should just like veg out and coddle if we can. That that. is so good. I, and you know what I'm going to do too, to top into Mm -hmm. that creative part that you just said on the way home, I'm going to stop and I'm going to pick up, like an art projecty thing because yeah. like I'm dreading talking about this. Like mm. I'm dreading because it's the end yeah. of the day and yeah. my willpower is all tapped out, but yeah. I want to be my best self. I'm going to bring an activity for us to do while we talk That'd about be it. So nice because that'll be like like talking our issues over with our non-dominant hand. No, <laughs> exactly, sort of and it's a connection. Yeah. and I think that a lot of times, I mean. What he, what he was trying to download may have been logistical, sure. but it probably was also like, I miss you. I'm, I want to connect That's with all you. I Let's wanted. be yeah, together. Yeah, for sure. And so I think that, but it makes sense. Like if you're tapped out, like mm-hmm. you're not really, it, I love it so much because it's so self-aware and it's like, I want this. I love this person. I want to mm-hmm. make, I want those things too, but I know at the end of the day, I just know myself. At the end of the day, I'm tapped out. I literally just hold me and let's mm-hmm. like, like let's just veg. Let's yeah, and I just wasn't in the space. But it's also still, I mean, again, the things he wants to talk about are valid. Yeah, and like, of course. And they're important and all that. And I just think that, again, cycling it back to this whole, you know, process around like learning ourselves and being kind to ourselves and knowing that we're going to build in areas we're not going to be great. You know, I, I do want to ask you. A lot of us echo these similar behaviors when we have areas of challenges. Yeah. And, you know, therapy will tell you it starts when you're young. Yes. Right. So in relation to food and how we are, is that where it comes from? You know, do we learn our initial conversation around food from our parents? Yeah, completely. I mean, I think that what's really interesting is 
barring any like major developmental stuff. Sure, no major trauma thingies. Of, of course. course, yeah. Kids have the ability to self-regulate, which is why mm. you see a three-year-old sometimes eat like a bite of a cupcake and then put it down mm. and then forget about it. Because if they are physiologically full, they're not going to continue eating. because that Even if it's like sweet, yummy, delicious, at whatever. At a certain age, at, at around six or seven, we mm-hmm. kind of start bypassing that. But before that, we we will not eat past the point of being that's that's so and so what happens is it a is it just our human mind deciding we want more you know or no it's that we're socialized to eat because it's someone's birthday or i made this for you other kids don't have or this. finish all your food finish all or, your food or wow. is this a celebration or this is a you know i'm so sorry that you had to go to the get a shot here's you know the ice the cream or, mm-hmm. and you know i think about that a lot with my son and because it is fun to get treats and oh sure i remember really specifically and i've written about this that i remember he it was actually when they were still getting tested all the time for COVID. He had to be mm-hmm. tested every week in mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. And it kind of like hit him that like, I have to do this all the time. And he was just like dreading crying, it. Yeah, so upset. Baby. And I remember they were like, do you want a lollipop? And I remember, and, but she, she showed the nurse showed me first to be like, is this okay? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, but it's not because you were brave or you weren't brave. like that. doesn't matter. You can act, like cry if you want to mm-hmm. all of it. It's Feel because sometimes having a treat is like a fun thing. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. to soothe him. Mm-hmm. It was because like sometimes you get delicious treats mm-hmm. during the day. Mm-hmm. Enjoy good. that. That's good. That's you know? good. And so I think that the reality is that it's really common. And I think we all I mean, listen, the other piece of this is that we tell ourselves that we're not going to do these things as parents. And oh, no, but sometimes we're just like you'll be quieter here's a lollipop like for sure so i think like let's be real yeah but also yeah i think that we're socialized to eat for all these external reasons that Mm -hmm. don't have to do with physiological hunger Mm -hmm. and then that you know leads to where we are as adults so i've got a 11 year old girl who is just finished elementary school going into middle school and for the first time you know we've always sort of it's interesting because my kids came in and I've talked about this a little bit, but they came in with lots of food issues. Yeah. I actually don't know how much I've talked about this, mm. but, you know, with sort of respecting their right to their story, they had difficulties with food insecurity. Yeah, you know, yeah. it just wasn't readily available. And they each have a very different relationship with food. Mm. Um, You know, one of my daughters will eat whatever she can eat whenever she can get yeah. it, leaning towards foods that are stereotypically maybe, you know, uh, snack related, yeah. you know, because that was what was readily available. Right. It's just familiar. I have another daughter who does not like who for a long time thought she didn't like food, you know, because she didn't have choices around her food. So I had to recalibrate, you know, that. And then I have my youngest daughter who's with me all the time, you know, who I've raised to basically say, oh, there's foods and, you know, we want to eat a variety of them and we want a crunchy and they're good for your body and they're fuels. But she's never had to think about food in relation to will I get fat or will I be small? Will I look good? Will I not look good? All these things that enter the dialogue from peers in a lot of ways, it's not in our house, you know, how, how do I make sure if there is any way to make sure, I mean, this is probably a tall order, but what, what do you recommend for language as she's getting into this formative, you know, time where her friends will just want to grab a slice of pizza and ice cream and there will be birthday parties and stuff. And, 
the you know she's like my favorite foods are tacos pizza and spaghetti yeah you know but i'm like girl you gotta eat a salad like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know but not because you need to be skinny you know right. what does a mom do i think a couple things i think the term growing food mm, is a really good term that's good because it takes out like good bad this is good for you because yes. then people uh, kids will associate something being good for you with also being something that you have to have that's and, right. and sometimes that feels negative it feels like force at that age completely mm-hmm. and then they start to feel like well why do i is it bad like well they feel that way about everything exactly like I, a teenager literally is like if you tell me i have to have it i don't want it exactly yeah. and i think adults feel that way too for sure so i think the term growing food in terms of like there are all different types of foods there are you know foods that are more celebratory and that you have mm-hmm. on like birthday parties and stuff like that that's fun and that's great that's all part of a healthy eating Mm -hmm. but we really also really need these growing foods protein vegetables with all these nutrients and and stuff growing foods celebration food yeah so maybe so is it tying it to the purpose behind the food rather than tying it to the feeling or the emotion or the definitely and just taking out that there are like you know and we've talked about this too there's no good or bad foods Mm -hmm. but there are foods that are going to help you grow that Mm -hmm. those have to be on the have to be on the plate and the the rule that i have that has really worked for me and like clients of mine is that, you know, I want kids and and some kids who have significant developmental stuff going on. This is really hard, but I think it's something to work towards too. Mm-hmm. I want kids to be able to tolerate everything on their plate. That's good. Obviously, we're not forcing kids to eat. Some kids have really specific things about things touching and sure, stuff like sure. that. But you can tolerate that on your plate. You don't have to have it. I'm not even forcing you to try it. So desensitizing. Yeah. Where Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like this can exist on your plate together Mm -hmm. and it's not gonna. That's good without an emotion tied to it. That's so good. Exactly. We've done, um, what I found with my youngest one is that choice. she's very independent. Choice is really important to her. Absolutely. Especially when it comes to her food. So what we've always done, and I have talked about this with raising her, is we let her choose her meals from categories. So I'll buy crunchies, I'll buy I'll buy fresh things, I'll buy like not good and bads, yeah. but crunchies might be a pretzel, a cheese it, you know, once in a while tortilla. We'll have tortilla chips sometimes, like regular potato chips or yeah. Cheetos, something you know snazzy. Yeah. But you have to pick a crunchy. We want a fresh thing. Uh, we want a green thing. Green thing meaning like a veggie. Yeah. We want a um like a main. So a main might be your sandwich. Or or a drumstick or a whatever, yeah. you know, and just kind of letting her decide that. within those categories yeah. what her plate looks like. I think that's a great. squishy, which would be like a yogurt and applesauce or whatever, you know, yeah. pudding or whatever. So it has allowed her to style her own food choices and kind of know. But my concern as she's getting older is I do notice she'll opt out of veggies and I'll say, did you have a salad? Like it just it's almost yeah. like a natural progression towards yeah. if I can get away with it, I will. Right, right, right. So I don't know if that's a flavor palette thing or an understanding thing or is that's just a. Well, I think, you know, you know like we are programmed to crave sugar mm-hmm. and want sugar and that's always going to be a the thing. Dry, a thing. Mm-hmm. It just is. I think a lot of kids need a ton of different exposures to ways that they might potentially, like in some cases, like 10, 15, 20 different exposures. A kid might think that they don't like a thing and then you kind of give up. But I think a lot of people might give up too soon. And it makes sense because it does suck and it's hard to waste food and it feels hard. But I think that another really amazing thing, and again, I know that this can be eye roll inducing because like not everyone has time to do this, but Mm. Getting kids involved in the process does really help because, Mm. and again, depending on how young it is, like, you know, even when Oliver was really, really young, I'd be like, hey, can you close the fridge door or like something or like pouring in like a thing of 
See, all that's not a as daunting, though, because I think sometimes when we hear get your kids involved, social media thinks that means yeah. like, oh, my gosh, they're chopping they're up the ch- things no. and I'm cleaning up after them. It can literally just be being like I grew, grew up because my parents are African yeah. and that's very traditional in our yeah. culture. I just sat in the kitchen. Like I, I literally was just there. Used to just lie at my feet That's like a right. puppy. He would bring his blanket, mm-hmm. and he, I think, got exposed to a lot of different just foods. That way, I would let him try little things here and there, mm-hmm. and let him smell things and feel mm-hmm. the textures of different things and stuff like that. Let him drop in olives to this different thing. I think that you know we have to understand that anytime a kid is involved with helping, mm-hmm. it is going to take longer and be messier sure, so sure. it's not always realistic listen on but like also a sometimes that is the nature of parenting totally yeah and sometimes that's the really beautiful thing we let them get messy and then also just to be realistic like sometimes during the week i'm like we gotta just we, like, have time. Keep, we gotta yep, keep absolutely. it going yep mm-hmm. but i think getting them involved does give them a sense of ownership over it and mm. it ends up being really helpful in the long run, but then also like, you know, maybe your daughter doesn't like just like traditional salad, but maybe mm-hmm. she would love like cucumber and tomatoes with like vinegar and like it's pickled good. onions or something. Yep. I mean, maybe that's kind of like, no, but I know what you mean. Yeah. But, you know, like some kids might, might roasted vegetables, you know, mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter what it is as long as we find the thing and we can find it together. And here's how, you know, Oliver. So, I mean, they all want to just be taught. things and like this is how the roasting process happens and this is how when you get the little crispy bits those are the actually the tastiest bits and so good i think getting them excited about it and part of that process yeah we have a guard we had a garden for like two years especially during the panel like a full-fledged like i grew up thanksgiving dinner and i just would get her out there like water or bring me the this or you know help me or it's just harvest time let's and help me wash them and i think that familiarity it's easier for me to do because that was something i was lacking growing up because i mentioned to you like offline my parents being african vegetables came into the house but then they were pureed before they hit our plate so i just really i remember when i finally started taking the veggie discovery journey as an adult i was like I don't know much about vegetables, right? You know, if they're because they're mostly ground up, and yeah. They were in Ghana. It's really you know regional, right? So it's like tomatoes and onions and garlic and you know just certain things that I knew. But I was like, there's asparagus and artichoke, and I don't know how to cook that. And yeah. How come I never eat this? And but I had to do work with you know basically a food therapist in yeah. order to like engage in that process. So all of this is so valuable and helpful. And I think the biggest takeaway for me is. Oh, my goodness. Grace in the process. Grace kindness. The process. Your kids are watching how you treat yourself. That's I know you had like a moment. Y'all didn't see her. She had a yes moment. That's really important because <laughs> yes. when you were talking about what do I do as a mom, mm-hmm. I was going to say, you know, like get them involved. Feel Don't feel like if they don't like it at first, that's the thing. But the other big thing, and I think you're probably already doing this, is be mindful about the way you're talking about yourself. That's so because good. your kids are watching, your daughters are watching. That's so and good. I think that I, re- I remember just not having ever known when I was younger, a role model of a female that was confident in her body. I, it's almost feel felt, I think, growing up that that was a unifying point of being female Correct. was that we don't like our right. body. In fact, you if know? someone gives you a compliment, it's like, oh, really? Self-deprecating yeah, exactly. instantly. Or that like that one scene in Mean Girls where yes. everyone's in front of the mirror and they're all like, my arms are too big. My things are too fat. And then she like looks at her and she's like, because she didn't have issues, yeah. you know, the main character. And she's like, I have really bad breath in the morning because she felt like she just had to offer something else that she disliked as part of being a girl. I think that's really important. You know, and it's like, that's not, 
the re- that doesn't have to be our reality. It you doesn't know? have to be our reality. Mm-hmm. And I think the real I had a client recently, it literally brought me to tears who kind of was able to combat a lot of this stuff. She was able to Wonderful. lose some weight, but but just as importantly, really feel confident for the first time. Mm-hmm. And she had been in this place. And and I'm not saying to me, all bodies are summer bodies. All sure, that is true. Right, right. But she didn't ever feel comfortable getting in the pool with her daughter. Wow. And so her daughter was two and she got in the pool for the first time and her daughter started crying because she was like, I didn't know you knew how to swim. Oh, and my it was goodness. so mean. It was so much beyond the beyond body. the body. It was like, who cares what you mm-hmm. eat? But it, but it meant so much to her mm-hmm. that she was able to get there. And I think that However we get there, let's just kind of really try and get there and and be be what kind of we needed to hear. Because I needed to hear more women being like, yeah, I do look pretty good. Yeah. And that's it. Or like I it's so funny because just even in that portion of the conversation, it reminded me of some of the wins that I'm not calculating, you know, because I've been so big on the non-scale victories. Right. So I'm like, oh, my blood pressure went down or this. And I've I've learned to like, you know, really celebrate those. Yeah. But you just reminded me that I could celebrate that the other day. I was like, oh, I put on a couple pounds and I need looser clothing. Not I need a bigger size. Not that like, oh, I need like I have a really good friend, Ashley Lemieux, who was talking about how she bought a pair of pants with rips in the knees. And when she put them on and sat down, it split like all the way up. And the way she described it was, I guess my thigh needed more freedom. (laughs) And I was like, yes, girl, like your thigh needed freedom, you know, and I just like and I think that those are some of the things that, you know, our big takeaways like that's a win too that's a huge Mm -hmm. win and that's a huge gift to your girls it really Mm -hmm. is and i think that a lot of us growing up in our generation really really needed that yes and i and now we get to be that and now we can be that and Mm -hmm. break out of that generational cycle of just like being so mean to ourselves and getting to watch what that does to that generation of girls is really exciting because even if you don't lose a pound at least you know if we're still going to be heavy or if if weight loss is even your goal but even if you don't change your body to where you want it to be you're still in it so at least be nice to yourself while you're still in it i think i think that that's really important because i think that there's this weird thing now where it's like i am so all bodies are summer bodies Mm -hmm. and at the same time there's nothing wrong with someone wanting to like look and feel their best whatever that is to them absolutely but i think that owning that and just being like yeah if someone were to give you a compliment and Mm -hmm. say something like oh you look really good be like you know i'm feeling really good thank you yeah just taking it Yeah. yeah that's good and also keeping in mind that like while you're on your journey you can't help hate yourself along the way and accepting where you I think there is this wherever you are right now, mm-hmm. accepting where you are right now is not the thing that's going to keep you stuck where you are. If, you, if your goal is to move forward, mm-hmm. it's actually the thing that's going to help you be like when you kind of take a little step back, because anyone anytime a client's working with me, they'll be going, going, going there and take a little step back. And it's what you do in that moment, so because good. in that moment, you can be like, it's all over. I was working so hard. Now it's all over. Now I'm off the wagon. I'm doing this. Or do you, which is harder to be like, ah, that was disappointing. Yes. I feel just so disappointed. Mm -hmm. That was disappointing. I've been working so hard. And then I feel like, what do I do right now? Well, what do I learn from this? That's so good. How do I, how do I use that to fuel myself forward in just knowing myself better and knowing what my triggers are and knowing what kind of like gets in my way? Oh, this right here okay (laughs) everything i needed in this moment i'm gonna listen to this on repeat Mm. because i can't keep you in my pocket but i will be texting you shira thank you for all Mm. of this and where can we get more of your wisdom i know that you've got a private practice too so like 
Sorry to fill up your books. No, please. You know, people are trying to grab some of this. So where, how can we work with you? How can we get more? Mm, Well, ShiraRD.com is where you can find me to email me. I'm also on Instagram at Shira underscore RD. You can DM me. We can go from there. I also wrote the book, The Food Therapist. Get it, get it, get it. Um, And my podcast, Good Instincts on Dear Media. Oh, you're amazing. You're incredible. I love you to pieces forever. I love you. Never, ever leave my life where you've been this whole time. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Another great chat. Oh, I love spending time together. Now I need you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review because I love hearing from you. And then come hang out with me on Instagram at Nicole Walters. I'll be back here next week and I hope you are too. See you there, friend. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.